MSW Media. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that oh, right? Sorry. What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right? It just, Is it right? It's completely right. Because yeah. you're looking at me like I no, just said your it, name backwards. It, no, it just sounds like a... Uh, it's so sultry that oh, I nice. can barely stand it. All right, try okay, it again. Let me try again. And, don't, and don't, be not, don't not be sultry. I'm not <laughs> okay, okay. encouraging you to not be sultry. Yeah. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to be here, and I hope you are as well. Coming up, chat with Dita Von Teese, who is the biggest name in the burlesque world, a fashion icon, New York Times bestselling author, and well, a one-time guest on my old Sirius XM show, Dan Dunn's Happy Hour. That's right. You remember Dan Dunn's Happy Hour? Everybody loved that show until Sirius unceremoniously canceled it. I know Kurt Russell loved the show, right, Kurt? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. So anyway, Dita Von She's also a partner and creative director with Sweet Gwendolyn French Gin. The spirit is sourced from the south of France. It's infused with fig and other tasty botanicals. They got some juniper, cardamom, coriander, lime, and orange. Everything's in there. Blend in a little bit of French white wine, too, and that, that gives it a really cool finish. And you're going to want to hear Dita tell me all about it. And by proxy, tell you about it as well. Stay thirsty, my friends. I was in Denver uh, over the weekend. I emceed the Whiskey X in Denver. It was a great affair, a lot of fun. And actually had a few fans of the show come up to me, which was pretty awesome. Several. It was one guy, I think his name's Justin. I think that's right. I hope it's right. I'm sorry if I'm not getting it right. He came up to me. It's a beer hall that we went to after I was over there. It's next door to where the venue was for the Whiskey X. And he came up to me. He was a really, really nice guy. Very complimentary about the show. And that means a lot to me. And, and I just want to say thank you if you're listening to this. And I apologize if I screwed your name up. Last week, we did a, a three-minute bartender about the Paloma, in which I said, and I quote, as for the Paloma's origin, well, it's a little murky. The drink definitely didn't come into being until after 1938, because that's when one of its main ingredients, squirt grapefruit soda, was invented in Arizona. Squirt was marketed as a mixer with tequila as early as 1950, although Mexico didn't begin importing until 1955. Jump ahead. I also said the word Paloma is Spanish for dove, and nobody seems to know for sure why this particular drink got this particular name. Okay. Upon hearing this in that three-minute bartender episode, my dear friend Jimmy Yeager, longtime owner of the Dear Departed Jimmy's, an American restaurant and bar in Aspen, Colorado, sent me a series of texts that I found very interesting and I'd like to share with you. He said, love your three-minute bartender episodes. First off, Jimmy's known me a long time and he knows i'm a sucker for flattery good job jimmy he continued i first drank a paloma while visiting the heredura family at the hacienda heredura in amotitan that's in mexico in may of 1998 here's what i was told while being served their house drink the paloma the drink was named after one of the heredura women either a grandmother great-grandmother great-aunt something from the early part of the 20th century the original recipe was always with the Heredura Antigua Reposado. So there's that. But wait, there's more. Jimmy wrote more. And you might want to get a pen and paper out, but there's a recipe coming your way. Jimmy texted, I returned to Colorado and deconstructed the classic squirt soda version, printed the Paloma on my cocktail menu in June 1998. 
also served at Jimmy's Premium Cocktail Exhibition at the 1998 Aspen Food and Wine Classic when we broke the spirits glass ceiling and introduced spirits and cocktails into the grand tasting tents. So what he means is prior to that, it was only just wine there at Aspen Food and Wine, but Jimmy and his team, they brought the booze. Here's the original Jimmy's recipe. Ready? Excuse me. Um, Build the drink in a Pilsner glass or whatever long drink glass you have. Fill with ice. Sprinkle a pinch of coarse salt over the ice. Pour two ounces high-quality Reposado in there. And then you're going to add one ounce of fresh lime juice, two ounces of fresh grapefruit juice, and top it with club soda. Optional. Add a little simple syrup at the end if the citrus is too tart. Garnish however the fuck you like. That's Jimmy's words, not mine, but I like those words too. Do not stir if you want a more interesting drink. As a built cocktail, the first sips are light and refreshing. With every tilt of the glass, the drink gets richer and stronger. The last sip is salty and provokes the desire for another one. Jimmy continued, for a less interesting version and more popular version with the fucked general public, go ahead and stir or roll into another glass. Homogenize at will. Also, his alternative to Mexican squirt is fresca. How about a fresca? You think Jimmy's done yet? No, he's not done yet. He also wrote this. Here's what I believe to be true. All of the above. Why? At the time, there was no Paloma in the U.S. anywhere I'd ever seen. Nowhere else in Mexico... Did I see a Paloma over the next 10 years that wasn't made with Herradura? There didn't appear to be anything contrived when we were served and were only told the story when we asked why it was such, why it was the Hacienda drink. Much love, Dan. Keep making the peace. Thank you, Jimmy. That's the kind of uh, listener engagement I love and appreciate. Also, I invite you all to text me. All right. Only if you have my number. I ain't giving it out. To anybody on the show here, am I giving that out? The best way to get me if you don't have my number is on the gram at the imbiber. We also got at WWD underscore podcast. I don't go to that one as much, just at the imbiber. That's me there. I'm also on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So now it's time for a uh, popular, wildly popular, regular segment we have on the show called Out of the Zone or Outside the Zone. It's one of those. I want you to throw the next one at the mascot. Why? I'm finally throwing it where I want to throw it. Just throw it at the ball, huh? Just a bit outside. Joining me, per usual, for this segment is our What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn's Brooklyn correspondent, Scott Alexander. Scott, how are you? What's going on, Dan Dunn? It's great to see you, as always. Uh, I heard I heard some people were going out of the zone. Out of the zone. Well, you know how this segment, usually what happens with this segment is, you know, we get these email pitches from PR people and, and they're usually about booze, of course, and they're flawed in some way. Uh, the product being pitched is awful or the email is worded in a way that makes it funny. Sure. The, the timing's weird. You know, I got one in the middle of the heat wave a week or so ago that said, you know, now that the weather's cool and it, of course it wasn't. So that's usually what we get. That's usually what we're dealing (laughs) with here. But today I got an email, or or yesterday I should say, that was a very well-crafted pitch about products that seem oh that's nice pretty nice cool yeah. yeah there's a lot of you know most pr people are very competent and wonderful people they are definitely so you might be wondering if i got this pitch that was that was fine why is it being featured here and outside the zone well because it has absolutely nothing to do with what i do the theme of this show which is drinking right. okay that this, sat this, down and said i'm gonna pitch dan dunn on that's some right. products let's go well to wit says, Dear Dan, are you working on any stocking stuffer roundups oh, yet? Do you do stocking stuffer roundups? I mean, that's where that's my that's where I make my my money. I mean, man. Uh, to be to be fair, like a bottle of booze is actually the perfect stocking stuffer because it goes right in, it kind of fills the whole stocking. It's like the one item stocking stuff. Well, here's what I'm gonna say to you, Scott. First off, you know, I love Christmas and Hanukkah and the related holidays as much as the the next man child, right? But uh, don't you think it's a little early? To be pitching stocking stuffer pieces? 
<laughs> maybe it's a, th- a Halloween stocking stuffer. Maybe it's a spoon. Well, that's what I was thinking. Stuff. Like maybe they could have pegged it to something that's happening. So like Rosh Hashanah, Indigenous uh, People's Day, Halloween, maybe Christmas. Maybe the stocking is turned upside down on someone's hand and it's a, a, g- 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 a ghost. Yes, that could be it. I mean, Christmas is three months away. <laughs> We are decking the halls with boughs of holly a little too soon, I would we say. We haven't right? really decked the halls with boughs of, uh, you know, pumpkins and uh, skeletons yet. You know what I call that pitch? Premature ejollification. <laughs> you can't get jolly down. <laughs> <laughs> you got jolly a little too You're soon. A little, hold up on that jolly, will you? A little quick on the trigger with your jollity. So anyway, they pitch these products. The pitch continues. And you have the phrase. So we'll, we'll start with this one, Scott. Because... Um, Zap those pimples with yes to tomatoes. Wait, it's called yes to tomatoes zip zapping dots, which are formulated with solicit. Solic- okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there, yeah. Dan. Yeah, uh, it does say yes to tomatoes zip zapping dots. If you look at the photo that came with it, it is yes to tomatoes zit zapping. Oh, dots. zit, but the thing says zip zapping, so they Z- got it the, wrong. So oh. this is this is a. Key typo, a typo in the product name. That's not good. The client's not, not going to like. So it should great. be zit zap. Okay, I got it. Zit. zit it says zip. Dots. It should be zit. Still a weird name. Yes to tomatoes. Zit zapping dots. Because like, when I what, think tomatoes, I think acne. it has tomatoes in it though. Yeah. So that makes a nice salad. So it says these dots purge pores and help to banish the appearance of breakouts overnight. After your daily routine of cleansing, treating, and moisturizing, just peel. Press and zap and zap. I, so are they electrified? Do they like cause a like a static electricity? Zip. I don't. I don't, I don't know how it works. I, you know, I don't get you pimples anymore. Zits. Do you get pimples? I wish. Well, I did. here's the thing. This product would be great for like a twelve year old. And I know there's a lot of twelve year olds who listen to your listen show. Listen to my show. If you're twelve so and you're listening, really, you need to stop right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that she pitched you on this because um, relevant. Well, I, I wish I got zits because then it would mean I'm not as old as I am. And like, and if I had zips, zits, zips, the, she's fucked me up already. Now I'm calling them zips. <laughs> if I had zips, also known as zits, I would love to zap them with dots. Sounds awesome. Also, I just love this. Pro- I mean, there's so much of this in the booze industry where there's like, it's, you know, this, this vodka is gluten-free and you're like, I, I wasn't okay. Sure. I mean, I guess it is all liquor is gluten-free, but like yeah. you had to put it on the label. And this one is like charcoal to de- detoxify and antioxidant rich tomatoes. Like they're like little pads. You go on your skin. Like there's not actually tomatoes in here. Maybe there's some tomato extract or something. Juice, but like, tomato juice. It's, what the, uh, yeah. By the way, you know that to- tomato. Did you know this? You wear the tomato juice is kind of my kryptonite. I have never, and I, I always oh, yeah, drink. No, I do know. That. I've never had a Bloody Mary in my life. You never. get hurly about yeah. with uh, tomato juice. Never had. But that. how about this, Dan? Dan? How about clamato? Mmm. If you like tomato juice, what if there was clam stuff in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're clam. I thought you were talking about something else. I got a shot for that. Clamato. It's gone. Clamato. You say clamato. I say clamato. Um, but also, also again, just on the writing tip, uh, these dots purge pores and banish, no, help banish the appearance of breakout. No, banish breakout, purge pores and banish breakouts or banish blemishes. The appearance. She's got a great alliterative thing going and then she just drops it. Drops it. Got it. No good. All right. All right. The next product. And we peel, won't press, do- and zap, Dan. Peel, press, and zap. Peel, press, and zap. We won't do all the products, but this one, okay, it's so a seventh heaven is a you by the way again pitch to me the host of a drinking show for adults seventh heaven is a uk based skincare line that specializes in luxurious face masks that mm. burst with premium all natural ingredients Boy, smell thirsty. delicious deliver smell delicious smell okay yeah. deliver immediate smell results delicious. and address a wide variety of skincare needs they Mattel, taste terrible but they smell they delicious. taste terrible mattel's barbie brand and seven. Whoa, 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 whoa. Er, record scratch. Mattel's yeah. Barbie brand is the first three words of the next sentence. Yeah. Mattel's Barbie okay. brand. And Seventh Heaven have just joined forces to launch Barbie, be good to yourself. A trio mm-hmm. of at home facial masks designed to inspire and empower. I, first of all, I don't want anything, a product to be sent to me that is bursting <laughs> with anything. I just wanted to have it, you know, contained in a nice package. That would be good. Um, 
you know, even if it's on my face and bursting, no, thank you. But these are very cute. They're very pink. And again, they're Barbie branded, which to me just says, has Dan done written all over? I think it does. By the way, I, I'm, I think they're setting themselves up for a lawsuit here because this one, they described the one, it says pink chocolate purifying clay mask is as nourishing and delicious as it sounds. It's like they're encouraging you to eat this shit. <laughs> this clay is as delicious as it sounds. Just Wait, gobble it down. It says nourishing. Yeah. It says nourishing and delicious. And delicious. These are... These are skincare masks. Cocoa butter, sweet almond oil, cocoa powder, juniper fruit extract. It sounds like you should eat it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I want all of this. I'm getting this sent to both of us, by the way. Pink chocolate purifying clay mask is as nourishing and delicious as it sounds. Uh, uh, Technically, that is true because it does not sound nourishing or delicious. Well, it makes for a super sweet at-home spa day. Well, you remember last week when we had our spa, our spa day. day. By the way, it also says all the masks are vegan. They're <laughs> it's they're begging us to eat this shit. Yeah. Well, the, no, no, no. The masks are vegan. The masks do not consume animal products. That's right. That's, yeah. <laughs> no animals were. But they are themselves animals. They are chopped up Barbies. That's right. Oh God, yeah. I want it. All right. Then we have. Oh, this is great. Kiss my face. <laughs> Kiss my face's yeah, yeah, not we're doing a podcast, not now. <laughs> Kiss my face's goat milk body butter in rosemary plus tea tree. Not enough words. Put more words. Put more words in the in the name of the product. It's a great addition to any Kiss stocking. my face's goat milk body butter in rosemary plus tea tree. You know, quench yeah. your body. Can you quench your body? <laughs> I'll, I'll quench my body, all right. I'll quench up my body. <laughs> made with nourishing goat milk, olive oil, and aloe vera, and antioxidant rich li- li- liposomal liposomal vitamin yeah. C. Now, now here's the funny thing: they throw liposomal in there, vitamin C. I happen to pay a little bit of attention to the nutrition end of things, and vitamin C. Maybe there's, I'm sure there's ways it can go in your skin, but liposomal vitamin C is specifically formulated to survive the stomach acid in your stomach. If you take pure vitamin C, most of it gets chewed up by your stomach acid, but 10% gets to your bloodstream. So they make liposomal vitamin C, which is oil-based and goes, can pass through the acid in your stomach. But why would you ever want it on your skin? You do not have, I don't know if you know this, Dan, you do not have stomach acid on on your your skin. skin. Well, I have. You don't. I've thrown up on myself numerous times, in (laughs) which case, yeah. Recently, <laughs> you, have, you have had stomach acid in your skin, both Speak yours and for yourself. Yeah. Uh, all right, how about this one? <laughs> no, I'm aware of that. I also like quench your body with indulgent, healthful, and balanced moisture. It's indulgent moisture. I'm ah, uh, this moisture is so indulgent. so indulgent. I'm gonna I'm gonna quench my body. A lot of adjectives going on here. Uh, Susan's own full spectrum CBD bath bombs. Hell yeah! All right. Come on. Let's get lit up, babies. By the way, you know what I call a bath? bath? You know what I call a bath bomb? Fart. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't want to know. Bloop. I did not want to know that. Fart. Come on. When you're in the, t- if you ever take a bath, you got to fart. <laughs> Dan's in there. He's dropping some serious bath bombs. You don't, you do not want to go near the, the bathtub. No, you don't. Um, we'll, we'll end it with this one, Scott, because again, I need to reiterate the name of this show is what we're drinking. With Dan Dunn, it is a show that is predicated upon the consumption of adult beverages. Drinking, drinking bath water, right? That's what yeah, the show's about? that's it. Yeah. So, okay. of course, knowing that, this is what you would pitch me. And here we go. It's never too early to start kids on a path to lifelong good oral hygiene. And the best way to do that is to make brushing a pleasant experience. Guru Nanda's new Happy Smile Toddler Toothbrush does just that. Yeah, the toddler toothbrush, that's nice. Well, here's the thing. People like to have a nice drink. And so they tune into your show and they yeah. listen to the, for tips on drinking. They make themselves a cocktail. They have two or three cocktails. And then it's time to put the kids to bed. True. You know? So then it's time to brush their teeth. And so maybe this is a uh, the, the, the toddler toothbrush for when you've had, you know, three cocktails. Yeah. By the way, Scott gave me some advice. He said, if I ever have kids and you want to drink while you're taking the kids to the park, you put your drink in a sippy cup, right? <laughs> That's right. No right. one's the wiser. No one knows. 
they, they just think you're stealing your kids juice, you know, but it's really you're getting hammered. I did like the wording on the previous one. Munia hair care, scalp massager, eases tension, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just feels luxurious. Now here's a sentence for you. It's 100% medical grade silicone. Exclamation mark. <laughs> yes. Man, I am so excited. It's 100% medical grade silicone. You that can massage incredible. your scalp with it. And then if you want your tits to be bigger, you can just stuff it right in there. Yeah. yeah silicone. Exactly. By the way, at the end of it, <coughs> Scott, she says, let me know if you're interested in testing any of these products in exchange for coverage. Well, clearly we've given the coverage. Would you like to test any of these? It, that, uh, the, th- the weird thing is testing in exchange for coverage is very weird. That's a it's very a, weird formulation. It's it's it, let us know if you want to send any of these to you for coverage, but to say like, you may test it in exchange, <laughs> but you're going, this will be a quid pro quo. You are, you are buying it yeah. from me. But wait, you'll be, I don't know if people out there may be shocked to know. I'm not going to point out to this publicist that we have featured these products on the show. Cause I don't think that she's going to be happy about it. If I had to choose one of these yeah. for me to have, it would definitely be the Barbie face mask because I'm pretty hungry and <laughs> these things look delicious. Yeah. Oh, you said, it says right there. And, uh, it's a, da, 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 nourishing. There, it's nourishing vegan. and delicious. Well, you don't like to eat meat. It's vegan. And uh, do you eat meat, Scott? Sure. I eat meat. Jeez. What, what do you not eat? Oh, you don't I eat gluten. Gluten. Yes. Is it gluten I'll be free? throwing some bath bombs your way if I get sent my hands on some gluten. Is this gluten free? Barbie, be good to yourself. <laughs> it's vegan. The masks are vegan. I want to get it. Here's why I want to get it. I just want to get all this shit and leave it on my leave it in my bathroom. So like if, if I have like a woman comes over and just what do you mean? Just want to just make uh, you feel at home. Do you have a child? What are you talking about? No, that's about? from my other girlfriend. What's Barbie be good to yourself doing in there? What? <laughs> have you ch- have you tasted it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, baby. Yeah, Just it's what's swallow for it. Dirt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was our latest installment of uh, what's this? What are we calling this? Is it outside the zone? Outside of- the zone. It's not out of the zone. It's outside the zone. I think it's outside the zone. What would you call a baseball pitch that was outside, outside the, the zone. zone? Yeah. All right. We'll keep it that yeah. way. Outside. Well, it's not in the strike zone. So Scott, so uh, anything happening with you that the fans need to know about? Uh, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of really good gardening, a lot of really excellent work in the backyard. Um, you can catch that uh, in my backyard. I heard you co-wrote uh, a screenplay that's, uh, that's languishing correct. languishing in development hell. That's correct. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, in the year 2029. Look for it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Don't get me upset, Scott. You know I get upset easily. Well, Scott Alexander, it's great to see you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Dita Von Teese. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Scott. The dictionary defines fresh as recently made or obtained, not canned, frozen, or otherwise preserved. That same dictionary defines victor as one that defeats an enemy or opponent. This is fitting because when you combine the words fresh and victor, you get a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that kicks all the other mixers' asses. Fresh victor is like the Liam Neeson of mixers. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Well, if great taste could kill, then damn right, Liam Neeson. Fresh Victor features eight unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a deal to my listeners that should be taken immediately simply go to freshvictor.com fill up your shopping cart and at checkout enter promo code wwd20 to get 20 percent off your order now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market and that's fresh victor anything you'd like to add liam neeson i told you i would find you god he's so badass Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What, you don't like my singing voice? Whatever. I don't want to be singing about rum anyway. I'd rather be drinking it. When I'm home alone on my couch dressed up like a pirate, my go-to rum is Batiste. 
Baptiste rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. It's the only known beverage alcohol in the world to have a climate-positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. Or Cardi B's offset, for that matter. I love to dance to his music when I'm all rummed up and dressed like a pirate. Batiste rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice, not molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll love your rum 100% cane juice. Right now, if I got a couple of offers for you, dear listener, go to BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. Fill up your shopping cart and enter code WWD15 at checkout to get 15% off all your orders. And if you want their delicious reserve rum enter code reserve you get 20% that's cold hard cash batiste rum is my jam make it yours too it's proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow but a reality today so i am uh on sunset boulevard at the uh iconic chateau marmont and joining me now i'm very excited it's been uh Probably a good decade or so. We met uh, on my old Sirius XM program. She was gracious enough to be a guest. And apparently, I did a good enough job that she's agreed to talk to me again. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, Dita Montes. Hello. Hi. It's good <laughs> to see you again. What a pleasant afternoon. It really is. It's warm. And uh, as you can hear, the air conditioning is cranking here at the Chateau. Yes. Um, oh, and, and the martinis and are shaking. Drinks are coming. Well, uh, <laughs> and I should just teed it up for me right now. You're, you're, we're talking this time around because you're working with a new gin brand. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. it? Brand new gin brand. Um, it's called Sweet Gwendolyn French Gin. It's distilled in France, of course, and bottled in New Orleans. And um, yeah, I'm creative director, but also helping form the brand. So very excited about it. It's... The bottle is beautiful, um, and I was approached by the founder, Larry McGeerty, uh, to be involved with the brand because he's using the imagery of John Willie's art from the fetish magazine, Bizarre. And I'm a big fan of John Willie. I've been talking about John Willie as my fashion influence since I was, you know, 20 years old, so... Um, and John Willie was a mid-century, mid-20th century mm-hmm. artist, but he and his partner were were doing fetish art and latex and all that stuff before anybody was accepting Yeah, mostly this, drawing right? incredible art with a real wicked sense of humor as well. Okay. It was fetish art. Um, I was very inspired by it. I was, you know, for people that don't know me, I was a fetish model in the early 90s, and that was my first claim to fame, was the world's premier fetish model, recreating vintage pinups and bondage-type photos and things like that. Uh, I set out to be the modern Betty Page, and that's just what I did in the 90s, and that was kind of my first, the first thing I did before I even did a burlesque show. So, um, yeah, so this art has always... spoke to me i always loved it because it has a sense of humor and it was you know in the 1950s and so it's you know it was inspiring to me so um yeah so of course i was my first thought was like okay nobody else can do this but me (laughs) you know so i was really glad that larry thought of me we knew we kind of met each other in the early 90s as well when i was working um as a a corset model as well and he was working in clothing um, so we'd see each other at these trade shows, like the, you know, the clothing trade shows in New York and Vegas. And I was walking around modeling fetish clothes and corsets. So he remember, remembered me from then. So it's kind of a perfect situation. I just love this imagery. I think it sits beautifully on the bottle. It's very female powered. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, I, I love the gin itself. Well, which, the, that intersection of, of fashion, design, and the cocktail world. So, Larry, my understanding with Larry was Larry is uh, friends with a guy named Stephen Grass, who's been on this program. Stephen was one of the guys 
who was instrumental in the development of Sailor Jerry, mm-hmm. as was Larry, also Hendrix Jin. Mm-hmm. But that was really design-driven because when they started Sailor Jerry, it was about the clothing. Mm-hmm. A brand came to them, a spirit, and said, we need a rum. Yeah. And they had a Sailor Jerry clothing line. Let's build a rum around this, mm-hmm. which had never been done before. Mm-hmm. And they didn't market it. They had no marketing dollars, yet they built this huge mm-hmm. huge brand so i think it's it's a it's a it's a plan that's worked in yeah. the past before yeah. and and it we're gonna find out if it's gonna work yeah. here and I, <laughs> i'm excited i've i've not tried the gin so i'm very excited now we've got two drinks in front of us what do we got Oh, do you want me to say? So we have we have one called the Tokyo Teas, and Danielle here, who also works for the brand as a brand ambassador, has made these two cocktails for us. Can you tell me tell us what the Tokyo Teas has in it besides sake, sweet Gwendolyn, and a little bit of fresh lemon juice and a touch of simple syrup. It's um, meant to just like mingle the like peculiar combination of sake and gin. In this case, it works really well. We tried it with some oysters the other day, and they put it on the menu here, mm-hmm. Chateau, and people are really loving it. Wow. It's okay. Got an interesting sort of dry feel to it. If you can get into the Chateau Marmont, you can try this. How did I get Iconic here, right? mythological you gotta drink. Know, you got to know somebody. <laughs> okay, wait, and this, which one am I doing? This one. Mm-hmm. This one. Okay. Are you having one or no? You're having some of this one? I guess uh, maybe I'll just have this. Uh, you know how I am. I like it. I like I like my martini. Oh, wow. That's nice, amazing. huh? That's so good. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I think I haven't, like the way the flavor moves around. By the way, everybody, I'm like, what are they saying back there? They can't hear you. <laughs> um, what she's saying is it's interesting how the flavor kind of moves around, and it does. Now, tell me a little bit about the gin itself. What mm-hmm. goes into the production of this gin? Oh my God. I don't know much about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Dan- um, Danielle, would you like to talk about what goes into the production of the gin? You know, it's, I'm, it's a new brand. I, I, I'm, I'm not like totally. Well, I can tell you this, what I do know, you about know? Is it's got a little, it's got a little fig infused in there. That That's the interesting flavor note that you're not going to see in a lot of gins. Mm-hmm. I think, um, also made with some wine as well, infused with some wine. Again, something you don't see, made in France, as, as Dita said earlier. It's You're right about the bottle. It just looks really cool. And I'm such a proponent of that, of having great-looking bottles behind your bar. Yeah. Because, and this is something that's just going to look fabulous. It's got mm-hmm. a, uh, it's got, Dita, will you describe that to me? I don't know what that is. That well, bondage there? What's happening? <laughs> we have one of the sweet Gwendolyn characters on the front. She is wielding a bullwhip. She has long black, could they be leather? Could they be um, shiny black latex? We don't know. We have to let our imagination tell us. She has very tight black pants on and a corset on. Um, And she has red lips, of course. And she's kind of straddling this sweet Gwendolyn G logo. I'm going to, uh, by the way, I'm cutting this part out. I'm going to play this at night when I'm going to go to sleep. It was so soothing hearing you describe that bottle. Wow. I don't mean to sleep because it's boring. I was like, wow, mesmerizing voice. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Now, what what's the retail on this? It's about 32 $32. Bucks. Yeah, that's great. Who is the most unprepared creative director of brand in the whole world? Me. No, you have to forgive me. I'm in I'm in a tour world right now. I have my Glaminatrix tour just went on sale for the U.S. and Canada, so I've been in tour world. But Glaminate, the Glaminatrix show and the um, Sweet Gwendolyn French Gin pair very well together, and we're hoping to have the, the cocktail on the menu at all the shows. Is it important to you... You'll- You've worked with other brands. I don't have to say who they are, but uh, you can say Fred, who they Campari, are. You work with Campari. Pretty, no, no. I was seven years global brand ambassador for Cointreau. Cointreau, excuse me. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say the French thing. Like, and then, is it important? Do you is, are you just drawn to France? Is that a? I guess. Well, Jean Paul Gaultier said I was a, the mythic Parisian come to life, and that I was probably more Parisian than most Parisians. Okay. So. I think, uh, yeah, I, I lived in Paris for a while and I had, you know, the quintessential, well, I had a lot of French boyfriends. Um, but I love Paris. I always felt like I, I felt, um, you know, they really embraced burlesque before 
anyone else would, like the UK and France, really. And so I kind of got my big mainstream, like doing all the late night talk shows and everything. You know, you can talk about striptease in France. (laughs) I did Dance Avec Les Stars a year ago. Uh, So I do a lot of mainstream stuff because people don't find it too controversial. So... As opposed to the country we're living in, which is... Very uh, different. There seems to be a couple of different camps here. uh, Yes, indeed. Yeah, let's not go there. We won't go there. I I wanted to... um, to, We're going to get back to the gin in a second, but before I forget this, do you remember when you were on the show, when I had the serious show, I I still tell people this story because that was when we would... I think we were doing it live at the time. And so we had, my producer was there and people could call in. Do you remember this? And my father called in. I don't remember this. <laughs> tell me more. So my dad calls in and, uh, my dad's like an old guy from Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like old blue collar Philadelphia guy, big fan of yours. Wow. So when I told him to, he's, I'm going to call in. I said, well, all right, dad. <laughs> okay. And then he did. And, uh, it was, to me, it was completely creepy, but you seem to have a lot of fun with my dad. Like he was like, ah, mm. oh, Dita, you look, cause he thought he's like, a fella, Hey Dita, I gotta say you, you're just these outfits and the way you look. And, and I'm like, Hey dad, turn it back a little bit. Huh? I'm fun. And you were just, you were playing, but he, he was so thrilled. My dad by this, yeah. like he called me for a couple of weeks after that, when the show and I, when he, he's like, Oh my Jesus. Hey, she's the best. I mean, I love it because you know, really, Okay, it started off that I had, you know, the whole playboy and fetish world in the early 90s. I had a lot of, you know, guy fans. And then in like 2002, things shifted dramatically. And I came out with a book and I was doing all these like mainstream things. And suddenly I had a rabid female fan base and it just changed like overnight where it was women. And now even when you go to my shows, it's like, you know. 75% 75% women and the men that are there are you know they're on they, they half of them don't even know why they're there they're the husband or boyfriend yeah. so it's pretty great it's pretty great to have that female fan base and a lot of LGBTQIA community as well so it gives me more longevity yeah what do you <laughs> what do you attribute that shift um, I that think happen? it was my I came out with my a book um, called burlesque and the art of the teas and fetish and the art of the teas it was like a two-sided book a dual book one side was like the glamour Hollywood beauty, and then the other side was the darker side, like fetishistic glamour. And I basically wrote why I went, why I decided to style myself this way, what it was about looking to the 1940s and 50s for my glamour, dyeing my blonde hair black, and why I like to be like this. And I pretty much wrote that I didn't feel like I had any, like, growing up in the 90s. It was not very popular at well, you grew all. Up in, you grew up in Michigan, right? Well, I grew up in Michigan and Orange County. Okay. So a little bit of both. Like when I was 13, I moved to Orange County. So I kind of, I didn't really feel like I had role models of beauty that I could aspire to because that was the age of the supermodel. You know, it was like Cindy Crawford, Elle McPherson. Like I just felt like there was nobody to look to. And so I kind of, I looked to the past because I was obsessed with so like vintage Betty Page, movies, Betty people, Page, yeah. Betty Grable, Hetty Lamar, Rita Hayworth. Like these were my icons. And I, when I was little, my mother collected antiques and liked watching old movies. So my first imprint was like, you know, those kinds of films. So I grew up watching those movies and thought, well, I'm going to look like that when I grow up. I'm going to wear red lipstick when I grow up. I'm going to wear glamorous clothes when I grow up. And I, that's what I did. I never got over it. And so, you know, when I was first starting out, there wasn't really anybody doing that to the, did to the you extent know, you, I was. You alluded to it earlier, but did you, did you believe back then when you first, that you could build a life doing this? No, I a- never thought I could build a life. I just thought I could enjoy my life. And like, why wouldn't I dress like that? And, you know, for a long time, I, you know, I was just a girl living in Orange County, like going out swing dancing in the early 90s and started dressing vintage and... Mostly I dressed vintage in in the 90s because I couldn't afford any other clothes. You know, (laughs) they used to be able to get vintage clothes for cheap. That's all changed now. But um, it was just sort of fun. I thought like I want to, it helped me get my confidence too. I spoke a lot about how dressing this way, dressing like a femme totale, as I like to say, uh, gave me confidence I didn't have. I was super shy as a little girl so and as a teenager. So it kind of made me feel like I could counteract my shyness with a look so it became almost a 
Like a persona, exactly. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then where's the turn? When does it happen for you where suddenly you go from being somebody who's just going out swing dancing mm-hmm. to now you're this iconic I mean, figure in that, certainly the vanguard of that resurgence? I feel like yeah. that kind of with, I think for me, it's always been slow and steady wins the race. Like I thought there have been moments where I felt like, okay, this is good. and But those moments also include... 1994, headlining a strip club in Indianapolis and having my name on it at a truck stop billboard. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I thought that was it. That was my <laughs> shining moment of life. I was like, this is, this, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've had those kinds of moments throughout my career, but I'd say really, you know, in, in, in those years, I was a famous Playboy book of lingerie model. No, there was no one else that looked like me that was in the magazine. Um, I was a famous bondage model. I was the modern Betty Page. People in that world knew me for sure. And I was on the cover of every fetish magazine that there was. I mean, there was only three or four, but still. Um, so, but then in like 2002, I, came, I was on the cover of American Playboy. And that was when, you know, Playboy was really happening. You still had oh, big know. stars guess on the who cover. Was, guess who was the booze columnist for Playboy magazine? Oh, yeah? Right here. So you know, like, everybody yeah. read Playboy. I think we talked about this on the, when yeah. you were on. So, yeah, I was, I, I was the booze columnist for Playboy mm-hmm. for about five years. Yeah. So did you go to the Playboy then. Mansion and all, all that? It was the wild. Time. It was fun. It was really swinging, you Me know? Me and the Corys and Bill Maher. And everybody, <laughs> Whoa, you know, I still see, still, still see Bill Maher around, you know. Uh, at the, at Bill, the, yeah. at the, uh, the, uh, the mythological, not so mythological, uh, sex parties. Oh, I, I just <laughs> read an article about this guy. Did you see that? What guy? Oh, what's the name of it? It, it happens mm-hmm. here in LA. He runs the sex parties. He was, uh, no, it'll come to me. Oh, Sanctum is the one that that's I, the, the elegant one, yeah, but I don't think it's, it's like a good looking guy and he just yeah. getting divorced and there was a big article in Esquire. I just read it. Oh. And it really stuck because I can't remember any of it. I'm not but, sure. Uh, I always see like women r- calling the shots over there. So I looked back. <laughs> I was looking at some old photos not long ago, and I was like, "Oh, here's a bunch of mm. pictures from this party at the mm-hmm. mansion." And, and I'm going, "Oh, that's cool. That's a good one." Oh, gotta get rid of that one. Me and Ron Jeremy. I'm oh, like, okay, right. gotta, I know. there's some problematic people. You're looking. You're like, "Oh, there's the other guy yeah, that like died, me. Corey Haim. He was there. I had a picture." And I'm like, "Ah." Oh. I know it's funny. I mean, I have tons of. Same thing. Like I think, oh, can I even talk about the Playboy Mansion? And that I thought it was fun because, like, Bart Marlon Brando watching from upstairs, you know, yeah. through the curtains. Like Betty Page was there, you know. No yeah. one, there's no, you know, no one saw her anywhere but there. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I thought. I think there's a lot of. I know people have a lot to say about the Playboy Mansion and Hugh Hefner and all of that, but like, it, you know, it was a different time. I, <laughs> you, like, you know, look, I, I admired Hef, and you know. I've seen a lot of the stuff that's come out and let me, let me make sure I don't want to say anything problematic. I don't agree. I feel like Hef did more positive and more good than he did mm. bad. My personal opinion. Yeah. But yeah, but they're like yeah. anything else. I mean, listen, people I, were feeling their way through it. Yeah. You know? I wasn't one of the girlfriends. I knew Hef pretty well. I was there and I was very professional. You know, I was doing the photo shoots for yeah. Playboy. There were many, many boundaries. I just, I don't, I don't know. So he I never, can't speak to any of that. He never touched me either. <laughs> I wasn't his I type. I flirt with him too and he wouldn't do it. Um, by the way, this drink is so good, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, really delicious. But you have to try it just I like try, this too. I want to try that one I really too, want though. you to taste this Can I try that too? Yes. I, I don't. I don't. You're welcome to drink go your for drink, it. or yeah. This is a big moment in my life. <laughs> my dad knew I was drinking out of the same glass as you. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now, what's this? What's this one? This is just uh, uh, the microphone. Oh. There we go. This <laughs> one is just the sweet Gwendolyn start uh, shaken as a martini. We call it bruising it. Yeah. Um, to go along with the fetish idea, and um, it, there's no vermouth yet. The white wine you talked about early really shines through and the black pepper finish. So it's just a simple martini made with just the gin alone. Wow. It's a very delicate gin, but not in a flimsy way. Just, it's not, I'm not getting a a ton of that alcohol bite right up front, which I like that, you know, because a lot of times when you're drinking just straight gin, which is basically what we're doing here, you can get 
a little bit of that burn sometimes. And this thing is just really, yeah. is that, you think that's the wine element that's doing it? I mean, that? I think it's a lot of components, like, especially in, um, like, when you're talking about John Willie, it's like suggestion, you know, and we think about that with the liquid too. Like, we want to suggest, like, suggest different botanicals and stuff and have it clean up with that white wine as a finish, but not be like overt, big, strong, overbearing, power, powerful flavors and like more, more subtle, like a perfume almost. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like a perfume. <laughs> I like it. Now, Dita, how do you like to normally, do you like it that way or do you? This is my favorite way. This is it. Yes. Just because glass of gin. I love, yes. Well, this gin, I've have to say, I've never been a gin drinker. And in fact, admittedly, when I first was approached about doing this gin, I was like, Oh, I'm not that much of a gin person and I was a little uh so but Larry brought it over and when I tried you know we tried a few different things and when I tried the one I was like this is like the gin that changed changes my mind about gin and I'm not just saying that I don't know a lot I can find round up at least 20 people that say the same thing after they tried it um so I'm very proud of it and I do feel like it has that glamour of you know I, I know we don't how, how to describe it's not like drinking perfume nobody wants to drink perfume but it is like the feeling of what you want drinking to be perf- drinking perfume to be like it's there's really a, fabulous. there's a really nice it, it has a really uh smooth mouth feel to it like almost a velvety texture going on in there which is which is really nice as well yeah it's 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 great and uh when did it when did you launch the brand just very recently january yeah, yeah. january january it's all a blur. I've been we've been working on it for I don't know like a good year and a half, maybe almost two years. So you're a partner in this as well, right? Mm-hmm, so I am. What's the plan for you? Like, is this the kind of thing that you see yourself really going out and getting behind? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. you're here with me right mm-hmm. now, but I mean, I'm pretty important. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, are you going to go out? Like, do you want do you want to go out and like? mix and mingle with the people that are making the drinks and kind of yeah i mean we already have we had an event here in hollywood like last month and um we had gin tastings where people were blindfolded and we had a whole experience and it was all mixologists and people in the industry and i i really enjoy it i i I mean, I, like I said, it's, I've been a little bit after seven years working with Cointreau, you know, like, listen, if I never have to drink another, uh, <laughs> Cointropolitan again, no, yeah. no, I love Cointreau and I love what I stand for. And I, I, I'm sure there's a way to bring Cointreau into this. I don't know. But, um, I, yeah, I'm a little bit like, I haven't, I used to just make drinks, talk about booze all the time for seven years. And I, it took me a long time to want to work with another brand, but this one of course spoke to my heart and my fetishistic intentions. So I'm, I'm excited about it and definitely going to be totally behind it. Like I'm a partner. I'm not just a spokesperson. I really believe in it. It's, it's, it's very delicious. And for $32, that's like, that's a good, Spot. I've been seeing, you know, some of these brands that are coming out. I'm not going to name names, but when gin, you know, you're you're getting into a price point. I think with gin, with some of these brands, I'm like, eh, it's a little high. You know, this is perfect. Thirty two dollars. You said, yeah, yeah, that's perfect, yeah. yeah, and available in about. I saw about twenty twenty five states, and then it's going to keep rolling out yeah, like that. We're definitely working on it. It's, yeah, it's gaining momentum for sure. You can have it shipped directly to your door. Not all states, but many states. And you can use code DITA and get 20% off. What? Uh-huh. All right. Um, but Let it's, me write yeah. that down. How do you spell that? <laughs> D-I-T-A. Um, but the bottle's beautiful, very impressive. I love how heavy it feels in the hand. It's um, I'm, I love the bottle. And everyone who sees it is delighted and bewitched. It is lovely. Um, you just made me think of something. Maybe um, you've probably been asked this a million times. Where did DITA come from? Because your real name is Heather, right? Yeah, my real name is Heather Sweet. Sweet. Spelled That's a good just name. like I know it sounds like a stripper name, right? Heather Sweet. Yeah. Do you know uh, Matthew Sweet, the singer? No. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I wonder if that's his real name. I think it is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I came up with the name. I was working in a strip club in Orange County, okay. and um, you know, I I was twenty years old. I was underage. Probably shouldn't be saying that when we're talking about booze, but it's a long time it's ago. The name now. of that place? <laughs> yeah, it's gone now. It's long gone. Um, 
And so I was working in this strip club and I, you know, I was like, oh, I have to use a different name. And so I was, I was using the name Dita, just Dita. I, I had seen this 1920s film with an actress called Dita Parlow. And so I started using Dita and then I chose the Vontees like later on when I was going to be in Playboy, they told me I had to have a second name. And I was like, why Madonna, Cher, Dita? And they were like, no, you have to have a last name. And so I opened up the phone book and I said, well, people with a Vaughn in their name are cool. And so I went to the Vaughn section of the phone book. Some people out there have no idea what a phone book is. I realize that is aging and dating myself. Um, I do. Yeah, yeah, you do. And you do. Um, so I looked in the Vaughn section. I found the name Von Treese. Okay. And um, I called Playboy and I said, okay, I'm going to be Dita Von Trees. And they're like, okay, whatever. And so then I remember going to the newsstand and getting the magazine and I, oh, and I looked in it and said, Dita Von Tees. And I was like, that's not right, you guys. And I called them and I said they got it wrong. And then they're like, but all right, stuck. we'll fix it next time. And then because these were issues that would come out every other month. So then it came out again, like spelled Dita Von Tees. And I was like, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, I'm not going to, it's not forever anyway. And cut to having it trademarked and, and all there. around the world. It works. It yeah. just stuck. It's a great name. It really it is. is. Like, One time I did an interview and the journalist later said that I was, that my name was so contrived, you know, the Dita Von Tees, strip tees. Ha ha ha. No, it's not contrived. It was a typo. It's a phone book. It's a phone book eh. and a typo. I remember when we were kids, we would go through the phone book and make crank calls. You know, oh my god! Think about what an what an odd, what a real odd concept though. Like everybody put their phone number in this book yeah. that anybody could get. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, here it is. Uh, let's uh, you know. And, everybody was in there. Like, I don't think you could opt out either. Oh, I remember. Like I would meet girls when I was young, like when you know, teenager, and you'd be like, "Oh, I wonder if she's in the phone book." <laughs> and it was the white. Not only for all you kids out there, let me just tell you, we had the white pages, which were mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And you had the yellow pages, which was businesses. And they were like eight inches thick, each book. <laughs> like a, you could, Depending yeah. on what city you lived in. <laughs> you could. Seriously, it was they not were huge. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's not an exaggeration. There was a, yeah, and it no. was, but what a weird thing. People would just put the I know, like you could there. just get people's numbers. And then sometimes. Well, by, so, the way, by the way, we're saying this in the age of the internet. What yeah, a I weird know. thing. No, but it's harder now. Someone could Google me now and know my dog's name when it was born. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's insane. But, yeah. I don't know. I feel like. But also, do you remember when you were looking for somebody, you would maybe. Sometimes you'd have like 10 people named that. Like if you were John Smith, it, you'd, you'd have like six pages of John Smith. A lot of Smiths. And you'd yeah. have to go through all of those if you were really trying to find somebody. somebody. <laughs> all right. So when you were. All right, so now we're rolling back to our to our uh, sort of share i'm a little bit older than you i think uh a lot older i'm sure uh but when you met somebody when you were young did you do bar napkin did you do the hand how would you give the number because again for all you kids out there we didn't have devices that you could instantly <laughs> tap or enter the number in you had there was a delivery system and it, and it always involved a pen although i have had women that would be like i'm going to tell you my number if you really like me, you'll remember it. Uh, that's not cool. And I'm like, God, yeah, all right, Shoot. yeah. So what would you do? Um, I think I was all about the scrap of paper. The scrap of paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really feel bad for people coming up today because, you know, I also have, like, you know, I used to get, like, love notes and love letters and shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was great. Like dating rock stars, but having them send me, like, letters from the road with hearts around my name. Yes, yes. I used to... You, that's like the 90s. You, know, I've, you don't, maybe you don't, I've written several books, and so I'm a good writer. Mm-hmm. So I would, I could write women. Yeah, I would, you would write, write them right? notes, and I would, I, notes, like 10 pages, like here, write this whole thing. But there was something just so magical when you'd wake up the next day, you know, and you'd got that folded up bar napkin, and you'd <laughs> open it up, and you'd go, Dita. And you just kind of hold it and look at it for a second and go, there it is. Mm-hmm. Where's this? Where's this gonna go? And you'd have to like read into it. Like, uh, there's is there a lipstick Did mark she put on a heart it? On Did she it? just write like whatever on a scrap of paper? Yeah. But what about what if you lost the paper? Like, there were so oh. many variables. I had roommates when I was young. That was another big one. You oh did. yeah, me too. And I then that. you know, and then you'd run into somebody like five years later. You never called me. Yes, I did. Mm. Your roommate said he was going to give you the message. Like, yeah, roommate. And you don't want to call too many times. So many oh, things. Man. And then. You even had to think about the length of the phone cord. 
Remember that when you're a teenager? It's like, did we have a long enough cord so I could get away from my mom hearing me? Like, because I'd yeah. be on the kitchen phone and be like, she'd yell, Daddy, somebody's on the phone. And you'd get it. Oh, hi. And and, yeah. yeah. And your voice changes and everything. Hi. But, and do you remember like when you'd be so in love, you'd just stay on the phone all night? Oh, yeah. And like, just stay on the phone all night and be like, let's just not hang up. <laughs> I know. Now it's like, uh, <laughs> texting. Yeah. Oh. I don't like it's it. A, I'm, not a big, text, I'm not a big texter. Well, it's not great because, I mean, I'm a big texter. But when it comes to like love and relationships or any relationship, friends or whatever, you can read that text and put whatever spin on it you want. You really can't, you know, ex read someone's words the right way necessarily. Yeah. It's no, I mean, easy. I, well, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to talk about it. something I have going on right now. No, mm, never mind. No, we'll skip that part. It. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's up for interpretation. Mm -hmm. I've gone through, I mean, we've all done this where you go and you keep rereading the text <laughs> as if somehow yeah. it's going to then clarify what, what she really meant. Yeah. You know, I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, you're right though. I mean, I do think, and I don't want to sound like an old fogey here, but I just felt like back then you had to work a little bit harder and it, and it just was harder. Mm -hmm. But that was that I think that made it more yeah. worth it. You know, like, I mean, it's a different kind of work for people these days that are dating. It's a different kind of work. Yeah. Like it's like navigating is much more difficult. I think. Could you imagine we're young, like just going swipe, 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 swipe? No, no, no. What would be the equivalent of that when, Going to a bar and no, saying I mean, no there's people, nothing I guess, like you know? that. Like, like yeah. what? Like a, you'd have to if you wanted to meet people and you were like, I'm going to be very aggressive about. It, you'd have to like put a put a, like an ad in the paper or whatever, like a personals ad. Right? Remember those? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But you know what I mean. Well, I mean, the like if you were trying to be proactive in meeting somebody, you have to like. To, you'd have to really do something yeah, like that. Yeah. What else could you do? A matchmaker. If you were trying, for if instance, you were rich, you could have a matchmaker. For instance, if you were trying to meet somebody who had a shared affinity for pina coladas, remember yeah, that song? Yeah, of course. <laughs> One of the weirdest songs of all time. Guy puts an ad in the personals. Mm -hmm. He's going to cheat on his lady, yeah. as he, my lady, as he calls her. Can cheat on her. Do this. <laughs> she clearly is not as happy with him. And at the end, they both discover. They, both like pina they come coladas, together. Right. No, oh, it's you. Yeah. And instead of being like "fuck you, motherfucker," you're cheating on me. They're like, "Let's go bone in the dunes." No, I mean, but did. now if you did that, you'd be like, if you did that now, and you were on both on dating sites, you'd be. Furious. Oh my god! Yeah, like if you're like Just with a, somebody, no happy go, hey, what are you this? doing on Hinge? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice that you also like pina coladas in your <laughs> Tinder profile. <laughs> I got crap from one of my friends recently because I'm on I the thought you said app. I've got crap. No, I, I, I got crap from one of my friends because <laughs> I was on the app and he's like, "What are you doing?" Like, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Just go, swipe, mm. face, swipe, 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 swipe." And I'm like, "No, I want to read what they wrote." Yeah, like, they like they're real the people there. He's like, "Dude, who cares? They don't doing that." I'm like, "I can't do it." Like, she took the time to write out notes. I want to read what yeah, she says. Yeah, also, God, it's so shallow. Really at least is. if you meet somebody at a bar, you do have that opportunity of like somebody changing your mind. I feel like I, I feel like I'm somebody who a lot of times in when I've been single dated guys that people were like, why is she with that guy? Because like, you know, I didn't date guys that look like they were my vibe or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I, I was just like, you know, I love when guys would change my mind. I imagine most people say that when they see people that are dating me. <laughs> like, why is she with that guy <laughs> but that's goes back to my childhood and parents and catholic mm, stuff mm -hmm. but no i'm kidding um <laughs> anyway uh do we sound like a couple of do we sound like I, I know i must sound like an old fart right now no i mean i'm longing you know, for now I, now i'm getting all nostalgic I, for the days i know that's the well, thing and you also got me when you talked about the clothing right like so when i was a kid i grew up poor in philly we had no money mm -hmm. right and we would go to, there was a place called I Goldberg in Philadelphia. It was a, it was like an army navy store. Mm -hmm. You know, like all the old military you clothes. You your dickies there. You go there, you get your, and you get your, you know, your, your, whatever, Parisian army jacket from mm -hmm. World War II. And, and it was all cheap. Mm -hmm. Like stuff that now mm -hmm. you, or not now, but years later you would see on, you know, the runways of Paris. But yeah. I'm like, back then we would go to <laughs> I Goldberg with like 50 bucks. Yeah. And you'd come home with, two giant bags of shit. Doc Martens were nothing. Nobody was mm -hmm. spending money on Doc Martens. Mm -hmm. They were cheap. Those were the days. Oh, yeah. I have tons of clothes from the 40s and 50s. Ooh. 
cheap 20 bucks for a dress all right back to the gym Mm -hmm. what else you want to tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) don't ask me the technical questions i need to go study yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to get too technical. I mean, you love the gin. I love the gin. I love the aesthetics of it. I'm crazy about the bottle. I love the response that we're getting and um, the kinds of beautiful cocktails that can be made with it, things that I can make easily myself. Um, I love everything about it. I'm excited okay. about where it's going to go. You said you, this is your favorite way, just the yeah, marti- I love it. with martini, martini and vermouth. Mm-hmm. But what, a, what other, if you had to do it like a... A Negroni, or you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what's? I mean, I'm really a martini person. I mean, for God's sake, right. I'm famous for bathing in a giant martini glass. Do, what do I you do want from me? That. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. So, all right, well, then we got. But you know, I like to get my little recipes out. I've always been that way, but I need my little recipe to be like this. Home is what bar? I'm going to make? Do you have a home yes, bar? Yes, I do. I have. A, I have little like. Like a bar like this one behind you, but it's smaller. You know, like I like the little. I have little I Art Deco bars that like light up. You have like an old vintage I have those two. cart I have that you those push two. out, and it has. Yeah. I have the carts, but I have a really beautiful Deco bar that that opens up and lights up and has like reverse painted glass and all that kind of stuff. Real pretty. Uh, I gotta hang out with you more often. Mm. Um, I don't have that. I live in Venice. I have a, a tiki bar. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's my entire house. I don't have a tiki bar, but instead, because I have an English Tudor house, mm. I have an English pub. You have an English yeah, pub. Yeah, I turned house. when I when I moved in my my pool house has um you know I have a, my pool house was one in the sweepstakes in the 30s along with the pool, and it was just kind of like a sauna and a really ugly. And I thought, let's some people have a tiki bar. I think I need to make a pub. So I gutted it opened up the the ceiling and it looks you know fancy like this and turned it into a pub so now people bring me like toby jugs and things to put my pub like swords and stuff so it's pretty fun amazing doesn't really go with sweet gwendolyn french gin but you know you can drink french gin in a pub everything goes with sweet gwendolyn french gin well i mean you know it's not like i don't i don't i'm not a beer drinker so i'm not really gonna have like ale in my pub i got away from beer but lately, I've been getting back to it. Really? I just can't. It just, you know what I like? I like beer breath. You know, like beer breath takes <laughs> me right yourself? back to high school. On yourself or on no, other on people? No, on a guy. Like, okay. it takes me right back to like high school. Like, making out with a guy with beer breath is really, you know, I'm into it. I had a, I had a date not long ago, and it was very interesting. She, she started smoking, right? And I'm like, oh. nah, what the Ooh. fuck? But not like... I'm okay with like drunk smoking, you know, like right, somebody's right, like right. drinking. Oh, let's go have a cigarette. I'm like, all right, I'll do that too. I don't smoke, but I, you mm-hmm. know, but this was like, as long as she didn't have like the little case, the change purse with the cigarettes in it. No, like, she, all the, like, she's a we smoker were on our way out and she fired up a cigarette. And I'm uh, like, ah, God damn it. That's kind of, cause gnarly, I can't, yeah. I can't do that mm-hmm. taste anymore. But it may, I thought of it because when I was young, girls would smoke more cause it was like yeah. cool and, I think it made mm. your boobs grow or something like that. Mm. And uh, mm. wasn't no, that true? It's not no, true. Wives tale? Is that a wives tale? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was cool with it, but it never stuck with me. Yeah. It was, it's, I don't have a fond memory of that, but you have yeah. a fond memory of, of beer. beer breath. It's just very like, you know, reminds me of high school and like dating, you know, I had one boyfriend all through high school. So, you know, but he liked his beer. And I liked my wine coolers, my Bartles and James. I tried to drink one of those like a few years ago because I was like, oh, yeah, you know how like a beer smell really gets me going, makes me like want to go to the backseat of a car. Um, I was like, maybe I should buy a peach Bartles or a tropical. Is it a tropical or a peach Bartles and James? And I should just like swill it. It's not good. Bartles and James. No, no it's very you, like the first drink is OK and it like is nostalgic. But then like by the second drink, no bueno. Mm-mm. We run vintage uh, booze commercials on this show. Uh-huh. I guarantee you on this episode, there's going to be a, and we okay. thank you for your support. Oh Remember God. the guys on the porch? Uh, yes, that's Ed right. And Ed oh and my God. whatever his name was, uh, the guys who were supposedly started bars I don't remember, but yeah, those were, that was my, that was my jam, those tro- right. tropical wine cooler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, blast from the past here. For or Cisco. Stuff. Wait, Remember Cisco. Cisco? Cisco, you might not. Is that have like heard. an LA thing? I grew up on the know, East Coast. Maybe because it was basically really high proof, and it came in a bottle, and 
I think it didn't last long because people were drinking it like it was a wine cooler and they were going to the hospital because <laughs> it was so strong. Yeah. And so I remember when I worked at the strip club, though, we used to be like, you want to share a Cisco? And it was like that. We'd share a Cisco. It was so gross. What like about Booms? Did you have Booms out here? I don't know. Booms no, Farm? The wine? Booms. Strawberry Hill? I know about it, but no. I, I that wasn't it. That was a huge thing. On and the then Goldschlager was a big thing in the strip clubs, <sighs> too. Oh, we used to drink some Goldschlager. And Sambuca. Sambuca. Sambuca, Goldschlager. I was more of a Goldschlager kind of person. We're, we're, we're classy people. Yeah. Tell me quickly before I let you go, and not that I want to let you go, but we you know, you got time here. Uh, tell me about the tour. Oh, the tour. We just announced it today. Tickets go on sale this Friday, so I presume by the time It'll this comes out. It'll be Friday that already just happened. Okay, yeah. so tickets are on sale now, everybody. But um, it's a Glaminatrix tour, which is you know very much in line with the Sweet Gwendolyn French Gin. I had this idea about you know, the power of woman and taking fetishistic elements and themes and making it uber glamorous. So it's the biggest burlesque show in history. If you've ever wondered what a burlesque show is about, this is the burlesque show that you want to see. And so I'm touring to um, the most beautiful historic theaters all across the U.S., including the Chicago Theater on Valentine's Day, New York's Beacon Theater, um, several Orpheums. What are you playing here? Here I am actually doing New Year's Eve. I do New Year's Eve every year. It'll be like my sixth year at the Orpheum downtown, which is one of the beautiful, oh, beautiful gilded theater, theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw. I, I haven't saw announced Chris that Cornell one yet. There. Oh yeah, it's when, beautiful. When he it's was great. Still alive. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Like I love this whole trend for for bands playing at these beautiful places. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the tour is. Uh, it happens actually in tickets? January and February. Where do they get tickets? Um, you can get tickets on Ticketmaster. Uh, and I also have like, I always have like, um, tick the codes and everything for the meet and greet and all that sort of thing on my Patreon. I recently launched a Patreon with all the behind the scenes footage and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, and then speaking of codes, if you go to the sweet Gwendolyn website and you enter code DITA, yep. D I T A D I T A. Everybody knows that. Well, I don't know. Somebody's out there is like, it's like spelling, spelling it. share. You can't do it. Everybody no, knows. people can get it wrong. All right. D I T A. You get 20% off. Which, I mean, 20%, 20% off. Carry the two. Oh. $6 oh. off? Probably something like that. Maybe $6. maybe a little bit more. Like I mean, it's basically like better than free shipping. It's like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's like free shipping, I guess. What a bargain. Yeah. It's a beautiful bottle. It really Everyone is. is in awe when they see it. There's a little keyhole on the back, and you can see different images in the back of the bottle. It's cool, and it tastes good. Oh, yeah. Impress your friends. I'm blind, though. I can't see anything. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, hopefully we won't wait 10 more years before we do this again. <laughs> hopefully not. I, I don't think I'll be around. But, uh, yeah, this was. it's really great to see you again. Congrats Likewise. on all the success. And sweet Gwendolyn. Guys, gals, whatever. Try it. You'll like it. Try it. You'll like it. It's delicious. <laughs> and uh, and go see Dita on tour if you can. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Hello. There are many ways to use the Bartles and James premium wine cooler. One lady in Massachusetts even uses it to make bread. Will Ed suggests an even better idea is to use it as a topping. For example, as a topping for ice. This is quick and easy to do and will not only improve the flavor of ice considerably, but will make it more attractive as well. So if you're tired of having your ice just plain, add some Bartles and James. We hope you appreciate this suggestion and thank you for your support.